Good morning, everyone. Well, it may not be morning for you, but I'm recording this really early in the morning. And today's episode is all about World Menopause Day. It is World Menopause Day on Sunday, October 18th. And World Menopause Day happens every year on October 18th. And it's one of those things like National Donut Day or National Dog Day. or Well, who am I kidding? National Dog Day gets lots of attention. But certainly it's one of those days on the calendar that can come and go. But I really wanted to talk about it in today's episode and what it really means. The definition of World Menopause Day that I got from menomartha.com is to raise awareness on all things menopause. And certainly that's something that I really, really like to do. And I know if you're a listener of this podcast, you also want to learn more and teach your friends and colleagues and family members and also raise awareness. So let's talk about what it means to raise awareness on all things menopause and how we can combine forces to do so. So that's what today's episode's in. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. I am so excited to announce the sponsor for today's podcast, Rosebud Woman. Sensual health and pleasure should be a part of all the stages of a woman's life, and intimate skin requires the purest ingredients. Rosebud Woman makes intimate moisturizers, balms, lotions, and more for use alone or with a partner before, during, and after sex, exercise, waxing, or just for pleasure and self-care anytime. Their award-winning, OBGYN-approved, vegan, sustainably-made products have been featured in Vogue, Goop, Refinery29, Oprah, and others. Their products are available at rosewoman.com, that's R-O-S-E-W-O-M-A-N.com, or at spas and retailers nationwide. Thank you, Rosebud Woman, for sponsoring today's episode. I just wanted to say a special thank you again to our sponsors, Rosebud Woman. What a pleasure. It really helps make this podcast happen. And I want to thank you, my listeners, for being so supportive. I say this almost every episode, but it is so exciting to watch this podcast grow in strength and popularity and numbers. And it really warms my heart and provides the passion to get up early in the morning and record this podcast for you every single week. So thank you so much for your reviews, your stars and comments anywhere that you listen to your podcast. I want to also let you guys know, if you don't already know a couple other places to follow me, I'm on Instagram at hormone.health.doc and Twitter at Heather Hirsch MD. There's also a Facebook page, Heather Hirsch MD. You can also check out my website, 
heatherhirschmd.com. I know, kind of getting repetitive, but I went with my name. And there's tons of resources and things for you there as well as my podcasts. And you can also check out my YouTube channel. That's Health by Heather Hirsch, a little different. And I do a ton of fun videos there. My dog has made a couple of cameos, so she's there as well. Menopause awareness and education is such a passion of mine. It is my career. It is my hobby. It is pretty much my life. And I love doing this so much because I realized firsthand when I was in training, the extreme gaps in knowledge and care and evidence-based research at the end of our reproductive cycles. So if you listen to my prior podcast on why I became a menopause doctor, I talk about how when I was training in my fellowship, that means I completed my internal medicine residency and I was doing extra training at the Cleveland Clinic with my mentor, Dr. Holly Thacker, and learning from other amazing mentors of mine who were previous fellows and had worked and were teaching me, I could not believe my eyes at the numbers of women who would come to the Cleveland Clinic to be seen and assessed by Dr. Thacker and to help understand why all of a sudden, after three, four, five decades of life, women felt completely different, like a new person, not like themselves, just kind of down in the dumps or whatever their symptoms were. They were all a little different, actually. And I realized there was such little training. Even when I was at training, I started as an OBGYN resident and then transitioned to internal medicine. I received very little training in menopause. And certainly the little training that I did was not what I was being taught in fellowship. And so there was a disconnect as well. And we see that every single day, whether it's something that we see in the media or it's something that we hear from our physicians or healthcare providers who we trust their knowledge. There is just so many myths and misinformation that again, that's why this huge gap tends to exist. And there's this lack in education and training. So it's really my job to raise menopause awareness in sort of two parallel but separate fields. One is by doing podcasts and teaching my patients and teaching through my YouTube channel. And the other is teaching residents in training, medical students who are in training, and physicians who are already practicing. So to help them relearn some of the things that they may have incorrectly uh, learned or not really seen practiced since they were in training as well. So I'm right there on the front lines with you. Besides for those resources, though, I want to provide you with some more resources that I think are really wonderful and that you are absolutely welcome to share with friends, colleagues, and family as well, because there is there is a lot of good information out there. And there's a lot of every kind of information out there. That's the problem. If you Google menopause, you can find so many things, but you really want to find something that's evidence-based. Now, the word evidence-based gets thrown around a lot. And what it really means is that the principles are derived from clinical trials and really strong science. And so that's what evidence-based really means. So You want to find evidence-based resources that make conclusions based on really solid years of peer-reviewed evidence. A great place to start that I talk about all the time, but is underutilized in my opinion, is the menopause.org website. Menopause.org is the website to the North American Menopause Society's um, website, and that stands for NAMS. 
And I am a part of NAMS and so are so many of my wonderful colleagues who have trained me and are mentors of mine and colleagues of mine around the country. NAMS is the leading body of all things evidence-based on menopause and perimenopause, and as well as teaching us about our sexual health at midlife, weight and uh, brain function and all the things at midlife. And they're just such an incredible, rich resource of some of the most esteemed researchers here in the country. So you can go to menopause.org and there is tons of really good information there. They have slides and they have several different links to things that you can read, including their position statements. And that's really kind of a summary of what they feel is the most up-to-date accurate information. And they sort of do that every couple of years. And those are really helpful. I point my patients to those all the time. They can be a little dense or heavy to read, but certainly you can certainly get through it. There's also a place on the NAMS website to find a doctor near you. And so I say the website's underutilized because I almost inevitably send someone there once a day who sends me a message or a comment uh, or an email because they're asking if they could, if I could see them or if they know anyone nearby them. So if you go to menopause.org, right over on the right-hand side, it's going to say find a provider. And you click right on that button and you can search by zip code. Now, this is a great, great feature. And, you know, sometimes you'll get a long list. Sometimes you might get a short list. And that's really harsh if you're in a more rural area, if you're somewhere that there's not a menopause provider. But certainly, you know, it, the, the, it's up to you sort of how far you want to drive or travel. Right now, as this podcast is being released, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, so there are some constraints. Some places will uh, accept telemedicine, and you could also look into that by just calling some of the places that are closest to you to really see what some of your options are and to see what insurance they take. So the NAMS website, which is menopause.org, is such a fantastic resource. And I really would encourage you, if you're a healthcare provider and you've been listening to a lot of my podcasts, and this is starting to really interest you, you should become a part of NAMS. By no means is NAMS sponsoring this. I know it's starting to sound like that, but um, this is just from my own heart. I think it's a great organization and it's a multidisciplinary organization, which makes it really special. So it's filled with uh, you know physicians from internal medicine to family medicine to endocrinology to gynecology, and it's filled with uh, pelvic floor physical therapists, um, nurses, uh, social workers, really a a full gamut of allied healthcare professionals. And certainly this is really key. This is really crucial. Menopause is not one person's specialty or one person's thing. It's really something that we all need to raise our awareness around and all find the same sort of path to walk, if you will. So I encourage you to think about becoming a part of NAMS. NAMS also has, um, to be a NAMS provider, you take a NAMS certification exam. And uh, that's something that you could also consider doing if you really want to up your game and continue to raise awareness by being a NAMS provider in your area. All right, so that evidence-based foundation is crucial. Now, there's also several other menopause societies. There's the International Menopause Society that I 
l- gleam a little bit from. I have actually not yet been able to go to a meeting. They tend to be in glorious, far off locations. And so that hasn't happened in my career just yet, but I look forward to doing that. And I know that many of you live overseas and there is the British Menopause Society or BMS, which is also a great evidence-based uh, source of information on all things menopause. And so there are many evidence-based resources out there. I also just landed on menomartha.com, which is, I believe, an offshoot of the International Menopause Society website with several incredible links to things like the safety of menopausal hormone therapy and And that's also where I found that the theme of World Menopause Day 2020 is premature ovarian insufficiency or POI, which I talk about a lot. And I think this is wonderful because it's expanding the idea that menopause is nearly always natural and happens in our 40s and 50s. I have a whole separate podcast episode on premature ovarian insufficiency. And briefly, that's when menopause occurs before age 40. And there's a completely different physiology for my women who have POI and a different set of risks and benefits in terms of what type of therapies they they can choose from. So I'm really excited to see that there's this focus on being different uh, kinds of experiences in menopause. That's really important to shift the idea that there's just one type. Another really great resource is from my mentor at the Cleveland Clinic, and this is speakingofwomenshealth.com. Dr. Holly Thacker is the program director of the Specialized Center for Women's Health at the Cleveland Clinic. She's also the director of the fellowship that I completed in women's health, and has just been a huge mentor to me and really a pioneer in women's health in her ability to treat patients and have such a solid clinical arm as well as to teach. It's it's so inspiring and something that I hope I can do in my career. And she works day and night on the website, speakingofwomenshealth.com, which is, again, another source of that evidence-based information on all things uh, midlife, as well as there's fun recipes and uh, exercises. And these are great because most people are also searching for menopausal symptoms like weight gain or what kinds of exercises are safe to do if they have things like coexisting conditions like osteopenia or osteoporosis. So I really also highly recommend checking out speakingofwomenshealth.com. And Dr. Holly Thacker did write a book, uh, The Cleveland Clinic Guide to Menopause. It's a little bit on the older side now, but it is still a really good resource source and it's probably very, very cheap on Amazon. And you can look up that as well. Again, this is all just sources that I really recommend to my patients. And this is coming straight from my heart. You know, I really can't overestimate the importance of evidence-based information because one of the things is that there is so much information on menopause out there that it's really hard for women to find who to trust and where to start, especially because the media marketing is targeting women in their midlife because they know that they are searching for these things. And the algorithm isn't a perfect system. It certainly can be 
tampered with in some ways, especially depending on which companies have money to spend on marketing or ads and targeting you, you know, on your Facebook or on your Google. And so I think it's just important that when women are choosing to buy something or read something, that there is really solid evidence behind it, that that's based in scientific research as as much as we know. Certainly, again, there's a lack of evidence-based research in menopause, but many of us working in the field are really trying to close these gaps and, and work on that and secure funding and get students and residents involved to help us complete these and really important research uh, projects. But there are lots of things that are being marketed that have not been studied. And we also want to make sure that they are safe. You know, certainly, of course, I don't want you to waste your money. That could be financially abusive. But I also am really worried about the health of you. And uh, some of these products, herbal products or things that you might find in Amazon or certainly, most definitely, compounded hormones or uh, think hormones or something that you think this should probably be a prescription, but you're getting it through Amazon. Those things can be really quite dangerous. And so I really urge you, if you're listening to this podcast, I know you really are a menopause advocate and you're really interested in awareness and you're really interested in evidence-based medicine. So try and help me in that mission by spreading that knowledge. If you've got a friend who's buying something on Amazon that seems a little fishy, you know, feel free to sort of point her in this direction or to one of the other incredible resources that we have. And I always say, I certainly understand why we do this. I understand why women spend the money to do that. I understand 100%. If I didn't feel well and I was up in the middle of the night and I couldn't sleep, I would want to solve the problem. And I would solve the problem in the best way that I could, which is going to Google who I trust and finding uh, products on there and reading the reviews and trying something because I would feel like I was proactively trying to improve my health in the best way that I could. If I looked for a doctor or if I already went to my doctor and asked my doctor and I got some answers that didn't really help or seemed to just kind of fluff over the problem, I would be in the same boat. And that's what happens to a lot of women, unfortunately, which is why I really, really care about midlife and menopause so much. So World Menopause Day is a great time for me to take advantage of how important it is to raise awareness and to educate women so that they're following sources that are really reliable and credible and scientifically sound. If you follow me over on Instagram, I also have a lot of wonderful um colleagues that I've met across the country who work in different countries and are also menopause experts and physicians and specialists who I feel have the same sort of guiding principles as me. And you can find them on over on my Instagram page by swiping through a little bit. And certainly there's a lot of people on Instagram, but you want to make sure you're following someone who, again, is, is guided by those evidence-based uh, practices and principles. Here's a couple of my tips. Tip number one, beware of anything that sounds like snake oil. Beware of anything that says it's going to fix your issues overnight. There's just no quick way to do this. And that's probably a signal that what you're going to be purchasing or trying is likely either unsafe, unproven, or simply just a waste of your money, which you should save it and spend it elsewhere. Number two, there's a lot of people who claim that they can hormone balance based on diet and seed cycling or other things, and there's just not a lot of evidence for this. 
Again, in fact, when I attend the NAMS conference, I've never seen a lecture on how to balance your hormones on your diet. The guiding principle, of course, is that a clean and a healthy, well-balanced diet, particularly something like the Mediterranean diet, which is um, low in uh, fat, but high in um, good fats like olive oils, chia seeds, nuts, almonds, um, and lean protein is really beneficial. But besides for that, there's really no evidence that you can balance your hormones based on what you eat. I wish you could. That sounds really holistic and natural. And if those things help you, okay, but certainly that's still not evidence-based. So beware of anything that says they can balance your hormones by just your diet or any other type of natural thing. Again, it's not to say that I think that idea is bad. It's just that there's no sound evidence that that is actually uh, helpful. And lastly, anything where you have to pay an extremely high amount of money is probably fishy to me. And certainly, if you have to go to a clinic that is is, uh, cash-based only or you're paying cash for um, medications and, and things like that. There's a, there's a concern there. And it might not be that it's dangerous or that it's wrong or that it's not evidence-based in some situations. But what really makes me sad is that menopausal care should be something that all women can access. It should be something that you could go to your doctor to see, and this is something that insurance should cover. So if you are spending extremely high amounts of money on a product or a repeat procedure. I really want you to really think through if that is the right thing, if there is evidence-based information behind it, if it is a solid and sound decision, if those products that you're paying for are going to have lasting effects, if they're very expensive. So those are the three things I want you to be weary of as you are choosing where to get your information and who to, to believe is reliable and credible. So in summary, I'm really excited to be celebrating World Menopause Day on Sunday, October 18th, and we all need to do our part in raising awareness around all things menopause, specifically pointing friends and colleagues and loved ones to evidence-based sources, meaning or implying that the evidence that they are stating is backed by peer-reviewed strong scientific research. I hope to provide a voice in that sphere and also to let you know in this week's episode that there are several other sources and sites that you can browse through and look through and point those friends to. I also want to let you know that last week's podcast on the non-hormonal medical options for menopausal symptoms was inappropriately uploaded to be the duplicate podcast episode for the Doing Menopause Naturally. So I realized this over the weekend and I'm completely embarrassed. I fixed that mistake because we all make them. And if you did not listen to last week's episode on the non-hormonal options for menopause, it's a really great episode. So go check that out. And again, I apologize if you thought you were losing your mind because you heard the same episode two times in a row. Thank you guys so much for the support and for the encouragement to record this podcast at times when I am busy or I feel tired, the encouraging words and the 
the notifications that this podcast is making a difference in people's lives is truly the thing that keeps me motivated. Have a wonderful rest of your day or evening, and thank you so much for stopping in and popping by. See you next week. Bye.